Patrick Finley. It's Jason Leisure. Jason, we will talk about uh, the big Bears-Lions game coming up and about what Justin Fields said about his future and if it means anything. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Jason, the Bears play the Lions uh, at Soldier Field on Sunday, and they get a chance for a rematch. Of course, the loss to the Lions two games ago is uh, pretty catastrophic, I think, in the big picture. Um you know, blew a uh, blew a lead in the last four minutes. Wound up losing by five. Gave up two touchdowns, a two point conversion, and a safety. Uh, if the Bears were going to have a breakthrough win, it felt like that was the chance. Uh, does this feel like they have a chance too, or no? It does. They just showed you that they have a chance against this team. And you are right, man, about the missed opportunity because that would have been the signature win uh, for Matt Eberflus, for Luke Getze, for Ryan Poles. It, Possibly Justin Fields. I mean, it would have been up there. Justin Fields doesn't have a lot of them. That would have, that would have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And instead, it ends up being one of the low points of the season. That it's just one of these. You can't believe they dropped a twelve-point lead with four minutes left in that game. A lot of the talk this week has been about the Bears' perspective on that and how they will be very fueled by that in this game. I wouldn't discount the idea that the Lions feel like they have something to prove from that game, too. I don't think the Lions walked out of there feeling like they played the Bears the way that they should have. And they probably have a little bit on their minds from that game, too. It must be nice to live in a world where you can play poorly and win a game. They, they have been. Because yeah. the Lions are the Lions are struggling right now, right? right? Sure. 4-1 and one in their last five, they're struggling. Like, right. What a life. Right. I mean, they have a defense that since week seven has been the third worst in the NFL in terms of uh, points allowed. That's that's concerning, but that hasn't stopped them from winning games. I, I, I don't discount the fact that the Bears will probably have some motivation on Sunday. I get back to the fact that the Lions have the better roster. And it could be cold outside, which the Bears are happy about, and the Bears could be motivated, which they're happy about, and they could get Dante Foreman back and – claim that they're super healthy, which they're happy about. All of that, uh, you know, if the Lions play a B-plus game, I don't think the Bears can beat them. No, the Lions have handled teams like this pretty much all year and teams better than the Bears. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Lions are a legitimate playoff team. They're not even a surprise anymore like they were last year. This is the best team in the division, hands down, Mm -hmm. running away with the division, and a team that is angling to see if it can give Philly or San Francisco a run. And I doubt that they can. Right. But the, fa- the fact that they even have a thought of it tells you how different, in what different places these teams are in. Do the Bears feel like they're in a better place today than they were two games ago when they played the Lions? Not to me, no. Okay. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. I, I think that they seem to have made Montez sweat more of a consistent presence, whether that's through playing time, because remember the big criticism in Detroit was he was off, you know, on the sideline during some of the biggest moments at the very end. Right. Um, you know, but but they've really only put together one full game since then. Really good defensive game against the Vikings, a really bad offensive game in which they scored 12 points. Yeah, which, go ahead. It's been trending that way for a little bit. Mm-hmm. The defense has been getting better. The defense has been getting better since Matt Eberflew started calling plays back in week two. I mean, there's been some improvement, and then Sweat – Gives him more of the freedom to call a defense that he wants to call. Right. Less blitzing. They were blitzing by necessity so much the last 
the first season for Matt Eberflus and most of the second season, Matt Eberflus is a really good defensive coordinator. That's how he got this job. And there's no question about that. Nobody would have disputed that he was a good defensive coordinator. The, the real question right now is, is he more than that? Because you have to be more than that to be a successful head coach. So, I yes, their defense played better against Minnesota. I mean, Josh Dobbs handed them four giveaways. Right. Like, I mean, and only scored ten points. I don't know that you're going to play that well against the Lions. The offense is such a concern for me, though. Yeah, they played well mm-hmm. against the Lions in Detroit. They still only scored 26 points. I mean, that's not. let's not get too crazy with that. Justin Fields, I think, threw for 170 yards in mm-hmm. that game, rushed for 100. So he ends up in this window where I kind of want him to be right. in terms of rushing, passing, combined, somewhere in the 250 to 300 range. 105.1 passer rating, too. It was very efficient. Right. But the production is right. missing. They scored 12 points against the Vikings. And I presented this question to you the other day. If you're Luke Getze, would you rather score, at this point in the year, at this point in their careers, would you rather score 29 and lose or 12 and win in terms of your future? If you're just Getze, yeah. you need the points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Like that Lions game looks good for Getze even though they lost. Right. That Vikings game looks bad for Getze even though they won. He tried to explain uh, the horizontal passing game to us on Thursday saying that uh, a lot of them were read option plays in which Justin at the line of scrimmage, if he saw eight blitzers against five blockers, would just, you know, just dump it off. Uh, you know, there were 13 screens, I think 15 total plays uh, behind the line of scrimmage or passes behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe that's a smart way to play that defense. But boy, it didn't produce much. Let me ask you this about Fields and Getsy because it feels untenable to me. Do you think that... Luke Getze is calling the offense that Justin Fields wants called? No, but I. do you think Justin Fields can quarterback the kind of offense that Luke Getze wants? Well, that's the second question I was going to ask you. Right. And I, I think, think the answer is probably no to I both. think it's no to both, and I, you just can't continue that way. Right. Whether they both need to go or one of them needs to go, it, this just continues to not look right to me. Is Luke Getze having to scheme – around Justin Fields' limitations or is he limiting what Justin Fields could do by trying to turn him into something that he's not, either answer is a problem. Right. And it's probably some of both. It's just a big mess right now. And I think those guys are both very professional. I think that they do genuinely like each other Mm -hmm. and want to work well together, but I just don't think it can happen. I think the answer to both of the questions that we're asking is no, that this isn't the kind of offense Justin Fields wants to play, and this isn't the kind of quarterback that Luke Getze would ideally have. This, you know, The job of an offensive coordinator is to do what... to, to bring out the strengths of their quarterback and to avoid situations that put their quarterback in an area of weakness, right? Probably in that order. You know, um, I don't know how many quarterbacks walking the earth check both boxes you know, uh, that we just talked about, how many of them are the dream uh, quarterback for a coordinator and how many of them love their coordinator in return? Many, it might be 10, 12. 10, 10 12 is a lot. Yeah, I mean, and it, but, it, but it's That's not, a whole playoff field practically. It, it's not here, and we're not saying that there's any sort of dysfunction necessarily, but there's definitely a push-pull between the most effective ways to get yards and what would further both of their careers. It just doesn't match. Yeah. They, their, their philosophy, I mean, if you go back and watch, and I did, 
Right. If you go back and watch Justin Fields' college highlights at Ohio State, yeah. it isn't a lot of running, first of all. No, if you didn't, if you didn't watch him as a college player, it wasn't a lot of running. It was bombs. I yep. mean, and he was playing a different game. He was playing behind an All-American offensive line with All-American wide receivers, yep. but he's just launching darts down the field. And the reason that I bring that up is because I suspect that's how Justin Fields imagines himself as a quarterback. Yeah, and, and he throws a really good deep ball, and the Bears have said it as recently as this week. And you sit there and go, great, he throws a great deep ball. You want to call a, a deep pass or two? <laughs> I mean, there's a little irony to the fact that the Bears built their entire game plan against the Vikings – uh, to throw screen passes. And then what bails them out is a deep ball by Justin Fields when they had no other choice but to say, oh, my God, we you know we got to heave it here. Um, and, and he got it. I, the screens don't bother me. The weird approach doesn't bother me if it's successful. And I'm sure you could sit there and say, well, it's successful because they won the game. But, you know, the yardage wasn't great. I mean, the point total was horrible. Um, if Justin doesn't fumble twice... Maybe that score is more like 18 to 10. But are you writing home about that? I mean, 18 points off when yeah. you get four turnovers. For four turnovers, yeah. yeah. Um, it'll be very different, I think, against the Lions. I, I think that they'll go back to uh, something a lot more similar to what they did last time. And I, I guess my question is, you know, are the Lions going to be ready for it? Is their defense good enough to – to be ready for it, and, and what effect maybe the weather will have if we're gonna, you know, if it's gonna be cold and maybe a little snowy. Wednesday was the first time that I've heard Justin Fields acknowledge the possibility that his Bears time is winding down. Yep. I don't recall him addressing that before. He has talked about the urgency, the knowing that the clock is ticking. I mean, he talked about that going into his second season. He's even talked about, you know, I'm playing for me. I'm not playing for anything else like right. that's come up but never as directly as as Wednesday yes it the fact that he's being asked these questions usually it doesn't matter what the answer is usually the fact that it's coming up in press conferences bad sign bad sign yeah whether you're talking about <laughs> Getsy or Eberflus or right. Justin Fields mm-hmm. the, these questions aren't coming up in let's say Baltimore right or Miami right like these questions weren't coming up last year. Matt Eberflus, for example, was not getting grilled in the press conferences last year, even though they were the worst team in the league. But it's because we all the way knew, he is now. We all knew what they had. The stakes are very different now right. for everybody. Um, Justin Fields' situation is interesting. Let's get into that in a second. What did you think about? Tell people if they didn't hear it, what he said, and what did you think about what he said the, yesterday? The question I think it was Herb Howard who first presented it to him asked him if he thought it was fair for people to make judgments uh, this season and going forward in this season know about his future, knowing that the Bears could have the number one pick in the draft, knowing that there's been a lot of chatter out there. And he, and he starts it by saying, well, life isn't fair. And, and, and then says more or less that he puts his faith in God and his faith in a higher power. And um, he eventually comes around on, I think, follow-up question number two to say, hey, man, the media's – been hard, you know, you know, the media's been hard on me and, and fans have been hard on me, but everybody's got their opinion. He wasn't complaining necessarily. He said he'd been kind of aware of, of the feelings there. I, we've heard a lot of quarterbacks talk about how the game doesn't define them and about how they'll be fine. Those answers never come when from a happy place. <laughs> it's always, right. it's always when things are going poorly. Um, I, I, I thought it was 
I thought the answer was fine. I thought the uh, Justin presents himself really well, um, you know, uh, in situations like this, and, and I thought he did that again. Uh, boy, I would have loved for him to. It would have been more interesting to me had he come out and said, "Man, I got five games left. Like, come on!" <laughs> but it, he didn't argue with the premise that this might be it. And, and, and to me, maybe that's the big takeaway from it. The actual words that came out of his mouth weren't as telling as the fact that he actually said them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I've respected his composure and his handling of uh, everything publicly since they drafted him. Everything yeah. from how do you handle a situation where you are coming from the top of college football. You are not some one double A prospect that needs development that needs to be treated like a project. Right. And the Bears saying, well, we're going to redshirt you a year to play Andy Dalton, even though you're looking pretty good and you are coming from a high level, you mm -hmm. should be ready. Um, like he handled that. Well, he has handled the coaching change. Well, he has handled this year mostly pretty well. And I think he handled things well Wednesday when he says life isn't fair. There has been quite a bit here that wasn't fair to him. Right. I think um, he was you wonder, you know, in that draft class, Patrick, if he had been drafted by the 49ers, would his career go differently? I I think that being drafted into a situation where the staff was about to get fired, uh, the, the personnel was not great. And then his second season is a full blown teardown and change of offense, everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and now is it fair or unfair that he has no control over where that top pick ends up for the Bears. Is it unfair because he, because they have Carolina's pick, Justin Fields cannot win his way out of this conversation mm. by getting the Bears to maybe the 11th pick or something, and then that would neuter the entire d debate? Or is it fair that he is being judged as against the standards of an excellent franchise quarterback because he has to prove definitively that he's that, or the Bears have a very good option to go find someone else. And this has nothing to do with whatever you project for the, the college quarterbacks. That's not really the point. The point is he is being judged against what they could do with the number one pick. If, if, they, if they didn't have Carolina's pick mm -hmm. and they were drafting even fifth, I don't know how much of a debate this would be. The short answer is I don't think it matters whether it's fair. It's kind of where we are. Uh, you know... You know, if we want to talk about fairness, we can talk about Justin getting drafted by a different regime and, like you said, not playing. And then, you know, last year was his first year under Getze, and halfway through this season, I know most Bears fans decided they were done with Justin Fields. What's that? Two and a half years? Um, Two and a half, very turbulent, with a lot of turbulence around him. Yeah, that had little to do with him. Um, but if he, if he were undeniable, wouldn't we know by now? I guess that's what I keep getting to. You know, they this year they surrounded him with good enough players mm -hmm. that you that you could um, that you can see what you've got. You know, look at their losses, the two horrible you know losses that they took this Denver year. Denver and Detroit. Yeah, I mean, there's a fumble against Denver, right? You know, and um, there's that strip sack fumble with 22 seconds left. I don't put that loss on Fields uh, on that play necessarily. Now, there's a deep ball that came within you know, a half inch of hitting that would have ended the game. That would have been nice. Uh, you know, we could go back through and there are moments in the last three years where if you're undeniable, it comes out and it, and it hasn't. Uh, now, do I think Justin can be successful still in the NFL? Yes. 
Do I think he could be successful somewhere else? Yeah, probably more likely than he, than he would be if he stayed here. Um, but, you know, the fact is this. If he were undeniable at the end of last season, Ryan Poles wouldn't have made the trade with the idea being that he had quarterback insurance this year. Part of the reason they made that deal was because they knew the Panthers would be bad this year. They wanted another year to look at fields, and they wanted an, e an ejection button for him if he wasn't good enough. And that's precisely what they've been given. It's worked out perfectly for for Poles. It might be the greatest trade in the last decade in the NFL if they end if up Carolina getting, stays bad. If Carolina manages to win three games, though, <laughs> this thing gets very different. And, you know, if the Bears are sitting at picks three and ten, you know, now there's a world where – Okay, let's give Justin Fields Marvin Harrison Jr. and a left tackle and see what he can do. But as we sit here right now, that seems unlikely. Yeah, that's the idea of having the number one pick or even a top two pick is what creates a lot of urgency and deadline in this situation mm -hmm. because they could just kind of play things out with Fields for a while. Yep. You, if you don't think he's good, then you're wasting seasons. And season, man, don't take that lightly. Mm -hmm. Wasting seasons is hard. Like, what was the point of watching the Bears if you're a fan last season when they go three and fourteen? Right. They wasted a season, and they, you believed they were wasting it with a purpose. Mm -hmm. But man, a few of those—that's the purpose tough was to sit through. the purpose was eating eighty million dollars in dead caps. Yeah, that was the purpose. More the than one of those, and when it starts to become without a purpose, that's really tough to sit through. Is there anything he can do? in the next five weeks to change this conversation? I tend to think no. Uh, I'm leaning no. I think it would take a pretty dramatic turn. Five of games would have to flip everything you've seen so far. Mm -hmm. The passing production isn't there. There are times where he's been efficient. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about, you know, you, when you talk about his performance against the Lions, uh, exclude the rushing total, just his passing performance, a very efficient mm -hmm. 170 yards, I think a lot of guys could do that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of quarterback. I think Tyson Bajant can do that, and a lot of Tyson Bajant types. Can they can't come. add the hundred yards rushing. No, no, no. I'm saying set yeah. that aside. Right. That's something special that Justin Fields brings that no one has. Lamar Jackson is not as good of a runner. Right. As Justin Fields, he is the best running quarterback in the league. But passing production wise, there are backups that can come in and give you an efficient 170 yards. You know, 15 of 20 passing or whatever. It's the production that's missing. It's hard to win. When you have a quarterback that struggles to get to get you to 200 yards passing, yeah, it's hard to win. It's hard to win without a great defense, you know, uh, playing alongside you, and, and they yeah. don't—they—they're not there. And, and even if they get there, that's—I don't think the kind of offense that you—that's not how you build a contender. You it might also, be how you build a contender. It's, it might not be how you build a Super Bowl champion. I, I think that there are there are teams you can look and say, boy, their defense is stellar and their offense is just okay. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I can't see that team winning a championship usually. Right. Yeah. That's and that's yeah. got to be your goal. Right. And so when you say, when you look at you know measuring Justin Fields against these great quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, right? Tua. Mm -hmm. That's the standard. Sure. That's what you have to have to have a chance, pretty much, and you got to have a lot else. You mentioned the turnovers for Justin Fields. That continues to be a problem. And that is alarming to me because I view the turnovers mostly as independent of the bad circumstances around him. He is the one ultimately who's making the choice of where to throw or not throw 
he is the one ultimately fumbling the ball. He's the one getting the ball knocked out of his arms. That's not Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, Luke Getze, mm-hmm. Ryan Poles, Ryan Pace. That's him. That's ultimately his call. Right. And that hasn't gotten better. Here's one thing, though, I do think about Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this earlier. I do think that he can be a good NFL quarterback. I don't think the Bears have time to wait for that. And I don't think with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, if they're staying, I don't think their philosophy really is going to be conducive to that. I think there's a mismatch mm-hmm. of staff and quarterback here, which, surprise, that's kind of what the Bears do. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Nagy and Trubisky. Mm-hmm. But when Trubisky fizzled out here, mm-hmm. I didn't imagine him going on to become anything no. other than what he's been. This has been fairly predictable. Justin Fields, if he ends up in the right situation, can be a viable, probably probably middle-tier like 15th best quarterback in the league, that's possible. I, think we'll I have visions of watching him throwing a deep ball as a member of the Atlanta Falcons next year and, and going, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, let's do uh, our picks real quick before we get out of here, Jason. Uh, the Sun-Times are split 4-2 to two in favor of the Chicago Bears, surprisingly. Uh, you have the Lions at 20-16. to 16. Defend yourself. I think they're a better team. Yeah. I think the Lions are better, and better teams usually win. And I, while the Bears looked good in the last game against the Lions, probably maybe their best they've looked this year, Mm -hmm. even as it fizzled out at the end, I don't think their best game beats the Lions' best game. No, absolutely not. I've got the Bears uh, 24-19. That said, uh, I think that – the combination of, of the Bears' defense getting better, I think being outdoors produces a different game than we saw uh, in Detroit. I think we've seen that for years with the Lions. Uh, I think the Bears have a chance to ugly this thing up and, and try to walk away with a win. Uh, on my side is Mark Potash at 24-20, very similar to my score. Scoop Jackson at 27-21, and Rick Tellender at 21-20. You have got the Viper with you, and he's at 28 28- 20 uh, Lions he made the point that you've made which is the Lions aren't playing well and it still doesn't stop them from winning games uh, particularly against the Bears a couple weeks ago so I I think it'll be an interesting game I I know this Jason if they lose on Sunday I don't think you can squint and make the last four games appear incredibly relevant Um, but if they do win I I think you can and uh, the longer that that goes on I think maybe the better for the coaching staff here and uh, maybe the better for uh, for those of us trying to, to watch real football in the last month. It's another chance for them to beat a good team. Mm-hmm. Which Might be the last chance. Hasn't happened. And, the, yeah, if you could beat the Lions, yeah, then, who I mean, are 9-3, and three, mm-hmm. and you can win a road game at Cleveland, which is a bad team but has a very, very good defense. Great defense, but Joe Flacco at quarterback. Awesome yep. defense. Mm-hmm. That will that would change the mood a little bit. I still think that they everyone should have seen enough by now to be able to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So that and that starts with Kevin Warren. Right. Kevin Warren should have seen enough by now to know what his opinion is of Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, Justin Fields, and everyone under him has had enough time to evaluate the people under them. Okay. We're two thirds of the way through the season. Is that? It's the fin- Why do you think everybody's seen enough? Well, in Kevin, I mean, they, they've been behind the scenes all along. Oh, so, sure. so for Kevin Warren, it's not just 
the 12 games that have been played. It's right. everything he's seen behind the scenes as far as Ryan Poles' approach to the draft and free agency. For and, all we know, the behind-the-scenes stuff helps both Poles and Eberflus. It's not necessarily yeah, negative, right? It's just more of a full evaluation, right. I think. And I think you could you could look at this and you can see, for example, I think no matter what happens in the last five games, that Justin Fields and Luke Getze are not a match and that one or both of them mm-hmm. – is going to have to go for you to be able to advance as a team. I think that Ryan Poles has worked with Matt Eberflus for not just two-thirds of this season, but right. all of the year before. Mm-hmm. Again, this goes back to all of the offense, all right. of the everyday in practice, the game plan. I think there's enough in for an evaluation, no matter how these last five games go. What I think could change with these last five games is that if you are Ryan Poles and you are looking for a reason to keep people they could give you something like that. If you are, let's just talk about Eberflus. Mm-hmm. If you are Ryan Poles and you are looking for a reason to keep Matt Eberflus, you are not sitting here right now saying we can get, we can do better with right. this guy, this guy, this guy. We could get so many, or, or simply we need an offensive-minded coach. That was my mistake. Mm-hmm. We definitely need an offensive-minded coach, especially if we're making a move at quarterback. And those things are all intertwined to me. If you're looking for a reason to keep Matt Eberflus, the defense is trending in the right direction. If they were to get to seven wins from three wins the year before, maybe that gives you enough ammo to make the case to Kevin Warren and George McCaskey and maybe the fan base. I don't know how many people would be buying it. Right. Uh, that this is the right move to keep Matt Eberflus. But it feels a little bit to me, not apples to apples, but it feels a little bit to me like 2020 for the Bears where this was a bad team. They had a bad record at about this stage. They beat some bad teams down the stretch, got to 8-8, eight and eight, and that was part of the justification to keep Matt Nagy and Ryan, Ryan Pace for another year when right. they shouldn't have. And then you ran into the issue, and Jason, there will be plenty of time to talk about this, but the last two times the Bears have drafted a quarterback uh, in, the, in the first round, uh, they've then fired his head coach after his first season. And you run a strong risk of that again. Yes, if if that were to happen. Uh, plenty of time to talk about that. A uh, pretty compelling game coming up on Sunday. Uh, please check out the Sun-Times in print and online uh, between now and then. And uh, check wherever you get your podcasts after the game for our post-game pod. Uh, he's Jason Leisure. Mark Potash is off working. Uh, and I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.